Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Will the next person that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, or get them out of here? You don't live in Cleveland. Minus three with Dave Damashek. And believe it or not, Sam White said that before the Cleveland Browns signed Deshaun Watson on purpose. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus Three, everybody. Coming up to break down pro football and some offseason baseball news, our guy from You Better You Bet, Nick Costos. We'll get to him in just a second. In the meantime, hi and hello to you, Eddie Spaghetti, seated there behind the glass. Hope you had a good weekend. We're coming at you on Tuesday rather than Monday because I jumped out to the banks of the Three Rivers. I took a uh, a flight over there, took a gaggle of uh, of my little ones and uh, and the misses over there. The old man hasn't been feeling very well, so we jumped a flight to catch up over there. We expected to be sitting around the house watching the Pittsburgh Steelers and otherwise with family, but my sister insisted, and who am I to say no? She said, we got to get the, the little uh, fellas over to the new igloo to see the Pittsburgh Penguins play. I'm glad we did that. It was a special night. We got to watch the Penguins vanquish the St. Louis Blues. Um, the little guy got to dance and celebrate goals. He almost threw his brand new Penguins hat onto the ice in celebration for a hat trick. I forbade him from doing that. Um, but good times all around. How are you, Spaghetti? I'm doing um, okay. Uh, I, mm. you know, it was a fun college football week, and I am glad that USC lost. They're not deserving of a playoff spot, and I'm glad they don't have. You State feel good about that, Ben? Huh? You feel good They're about great. pushing that one? I said USC. I do wonder. I do think Caleb Williams. By the way, to interrupt you, I do think Caleb Williams as an individual football player is going to come out of this just fine. I think he's still going to win the Heisman. And I think the playing through injury and all that only helps him going forward at the next level. I don't think anybody has any questions about who he is. But as you said, you said Utah was going to physically push around USC. And so they did. Yeah, Utah is just a better team. I mean, I guess Caleb Williams will win it, but it, it's a very, very weak Heisman year. I'm actually kind of upset. I understand that, you know, you know, Corum got injured from Michigan, which is a, a big loss. He would have been the Heisman race. And then Hendon Hooker, the other big one that, I mean, basically has better stats across the board than Stetson Bennett. I understand Stetson Bennett does not really play a lot of fourth quarters. Um, and he's a great story. You know, obviously, they're going to probably end up winning the national title again, back-to-back years, you know, undersized walk-on guy. But um, this is a, it's a very weak Heisman class. But- hold on, hold on. No- no, no, no. You have to embrace your great counsel, Eddie Spaghetti. Professionally speaking here, let me get in your ear. You need to be touting what you said before these championship uh, games were played this weekend. You said the great play, the great future bet is the Ohio State Buckeyes to win the national championship. And here we are. Look at this, Eddie Spaghetti. They get Georgia. And I do agree with you that if there's a team that can get Georgia, out there. It's Ohio State. I know it didn't work against Michigan, but what they have on the outside is their shot. That is what Alabama didn't have this year. And at their best, that's what you can do. That I mean, Georgia, you know, as is, is as deep a roster as there is in college football. They're a juggernaut, obviously. But if you're going to get them, you have to match their high-end talent. And I do think that those Ohio State pass catchers in 60 minutes, have a shot of running past the Bulldogs in this one. 
Well, I, I mean, yeah, if Ohio State beats Georgia in the first round, I, I would I would just hand in the, the title because I don't think they're going to lose to Michigan twice. And I don't think that they'll the TC will put up much of a fight if TCU advances. Um, right. Unfortunately, you know, you know, they're going to Georgia. They're they're going to. I don't feel great about Ohio State in this game, especially with Jackson Smith and, and Jigba, who declared for the draft. But it, we found. Oh out yeah, that he's he, not playing. Right, that's right. Yeah, I get confused by this, this new world order of you declare for the draft. Obviously, you don't well, play in your bowl game. Yeah, his big thing is he's been injured all year long. He's had a bad hamstring um, injury, uh, and also Georgia getting home field advantage again. You know, the Peach Bowl, obviously being in Georgia, it's just it lines up really well for them. But I think Ohio State does have a chance in that game. It should be a fun one. I, I do believe in uh, C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., etc. Um, Ryan Day really needs a big win like this because his his supporters are now souring on him. But um, to move it to pro, sports, what if we what if what if it winds up being that though that Michigan and Ohio State? I I belly ache about getting a second bite at the apple in college football but now that we're basically in transition to the 12 team playoff ah what, what what the hell this is better than alabama making it that's for sure and this is the way the cookie has crumbled so i'm not frowning on this given the structure of four teams need to get in ohio state clearly was the team that had to go so same goes for tcu it was cockamamie to make a case for bama with two losses but this is this is juicy. I mean, I think Michigan, Georgia is not as exciting uh, on a piece of paper as Georgia, Ohio State. What you want is Ohio State to win, basically, right? Because Ohio State playing Michigan for the national crown is is fun stuff. I'm okay with Mich- I mean, I'm okay with a Michigan uh Georgia game. Michigan had a consistently great season and you know they they're a big powerhouse school a lot of fan you know big fan base a, a school up north versus a powerhouse down south i'm cool with that they were the two best teams all year long they did not budge from that so i, I think that's fine um obviously in ohio state michigan match it would be be pretty wild to have two big 10 teams in the championship together but i, I think those either matchup I'm, I'm okay with i i just don't see a path where tcu makes it um to the to the the championship but if they did you know that'd be pretty wild so yeah I was I was ultimately okay with how the uh, the college season wrapped up. There's some other good bowl games too. Um, pro sports not as good in, in my world. I mean, a, a tie. The, uh, I, I usually I told Sal in the the D three that's on against all odds, but I usually do my fair share of prep work. I read a lot of stuff post game, listen to interviews, all that kind of stuff for the Giants as you know the extra points networks. Really, only Giants fan, and that was I couldn't even do it after that game. And now we're seeing stuff too, like. There's like screen grabs of how the referees who set the ball down in overtime, like their guy was offsides. One of the D- interior D line of the, of the commanders was offsides, didn't call, would have been five extra yards. Grant Grinnell would have hit probably a 53 yard field goal as opposed to the 58 that he missed. Not going to blame him on that one, but it was just like, they're not even blame the refs either. But the the taunting penalty that, that John Mara, the, the Giants owner, is the reason why this exists. He pushes this for the NFL to call these things. It, it's just mind boggling to me. And I wouldn't have flagged John Feliciano, but it just bad drops, a really conservative play calling as bad as it gets. But I still think there's a chance the Giants to make the playoffs. And then you mentioned, uh, I mean, I was you know talking about the Rangers. You mentioned the Pittsburgh Penguins finally getting a good win versus the Blues. A come from back, a come from behind win. They needed that bit big time. A lot of people making fun of uh, Lafreniere and Kaka. The early picks haven't really translated, and they move uh, Lafreniere up to the first line. He gets more minutes, and he produces, has a great game. So um, maybe things are turning around there. And uh, I, I still think Aaron Judge. I'm excited to see what Nick says, but I still think Aaron Judge winds up a Yankee. 
I, I don't know, teams out there throwing the money around, some weird parties like the Texas Rangers, although they did, what, 15 years ago. They're the ones who started the insane dollars. They took it to another level when they handed the Seattle Mariners superstar shortstop Alex Rodriguez $250 million. That really was a, the next level of the contracts that we look at now. Um but uh, all right, let's get into it with Costas here and react to a uh, a juicy week of pro football and what it means going forward here. Some fascinating results. Um, I do. I, I pat myself on the back in the, for this one. I, I told you that the Bengals have the Chiefs number. I don't know why that is. I'm not closing the book on the Chiefs as a as a um, as the team to beat out of the AFC. But I do say pay attention to, and I, it's hard to really figure out who is going to wind up with that number one seed right now. You, you know, we can dig in on that with Hench later in the week, but that number one seed is going to be a major factor because you can see who, you know, between the bills, the chiefs, and here come the Bengals who are emerging with the Lamar Jackson injury as the class of, of the North. And I think you probably put the Titans a tick below those other three teams um, who gets that is going to be a major factor just because it didn't matter a year ago. Look at the 10 years prior to that. Look at that one. And the Bengals have their Saints continue to have the Bucks number, even though they lose on Monday night football. So I think that that means that you should probably play the Browns um, at catching six points from the red hot Cincinnati Bengals. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about all of it though, right now with our guy, Nick Costos, after a quick word. Hey, listen up, sports fan. This message is for you. Your first bet with Caesar Sportsbook and Casino, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code C-Z-R-F-U-L-L and place your first bet. If you win, muzzle tough. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks, game tickets, experiences, and more. And because Caesar plays by the rules, here comes the lengthy, responsible gaming disclaimer. 21 and over, must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or our nation's capital. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Okay, so much to get to in the world of sports as we head down the home stretch of 2022. Let's keep it's about as much of it as we possibly can here with one of our very favorite guys. He is a Shecky Award winner after all. He's also the host of You Better You Bet on Odyssey Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern, working hard and on Sundays, 8.30 to 9 Eastern on the fan, 6.60 Maybe Eddie Spaghetti's future home. That's where he wants to be. Anywho, it's our guy, Nick Costos. What's happening, Pally? Oh, Shaq, great to be back on with you. Great time of year, holiday season, tons of sports going on. Love the World Cup. Great time to be alive. How you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm, uh, I'm my my spirits are burnished by a trip to the to the banks of the Three Rivers. People are going gaga there about Kenny Pickett talking about this and that. Um, and uh, Phil, your COVID. You know, taking over for Keydon Slovis there for the Pitt Panthers. But let's talk about you and what's going on in your sport. Sports well, well that's my favorite subject. So I'm happy you brought this up. Let's get right to me and my narcissism. I like this. Why I like coming on with you. Well, what I like is that you and I, we've had a uh, a hearty uh, hair competition. Now, of course, I am your senior by what? Two decades, at least 15 years. There's no, there's no there way. I'm older than you. I'm older than you think I am. I'm, I'm, almost, I'm, I'm, I turn 40 next year. Okay. Yeah. You are pretty old. Um, but anyhow, <laughs> we both, off, man, what we did here is we, we, uh, are not going to engage in a hair competition today because we're both wearing our local baseball collectives ball caps here. My team deserves, uh, relegation, um, to AAA. Your team is a weird one, though. The empire, obviously, of Major League Baseball, but like we've been talking about here on minus three, they're kind of weird. I don't understand what Hank is doing to to the legacy of his old man who who would just outspend everybody. Yeah, flushing um, it down to, the toilet would be the answer to that question. Kind of. Well, you know, Flushing Meadows um, now has Justin oh, Verlander well in the fold. And you guys have Brian Cashman still in the fold. Congrats. You feeling happy? Yeah, well, I just want to say this also. And spaghetti. How about Shaq taking shots at me saying I'm old? I don't know what happened to you, man. 
Who? I, I think that for you, I think that underneath whatever it is you've got working out going on right now with your physical appearance is a handsome guy. But if I saw you on the streets of Manhattan right now, I might cross the street and walk the other way. You got a little like 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 maybe like slightly mentally disturbed sort of like vibe going on right now. With Are you crazy? I mean, no, I do you so. have a mirror in your home? I mean, physician, heal thyself. I just put my glasses on for the comparison. Look straight into the wait. I'm gonna. I, I'll do the work for you. Look, here we go. Yeah, look. Yes, yeah. You Eddie look Spaghetti. Like do you see any unhinged. difference? Do you see any difference unhinged. between these two people? <laughs> what are you talking about? If, if you're crossing the street, I hope there's not a big reflecting mirror or a, one of those <laughs> buildings that shows you because you're gonna walk for the other street and walk straight into traffic to get away from yourself. What are you talking about? Yeah, I think J.K. Rowling might have trademarked that particular bit of technology. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> I hate the Yankees. I've hated them for years. And I think yesterday, so we do this on Tuesdays, which is Monday, December 5th, on the same day that the Mets announced that they've signed Justin Verlander to replace Jacob deGrom, on the same day that the Philadelphia Phillies signed Trey Turner to 11-year, $300 million deal, the New York Yankees' big signing, the big announcement on social media is not, hey, we brought back the guy, the new home run king of the American League. Like, that's not that's not the announcement, the re-signing announcement. Instead, we've got, hey, guess what? We've re-signed the general manager, Brian Cashman, who has now overseen over a decade of no American League pennant, no trips to the World Series, and no championships. It, as a Yankee fan, it is my birthright, my specific birthright. Others also, if you're a Yankee fan, but for me, selfishly, this is my birthright to watch my team in a World Series each and every year. And I have been denied since 2009, largely due to the incompetence of this general manager. So think about this and think about George. And people can say what they want about George. He obviously, he got like a ban from baseball for a while. But George, imagine the George Steinbrenner Yankees saying, on the same day that the Mets signed the biggest free agent pitcher on the market in Justin Verlander, you allow... Your social team to put out that we've re-signed the GM who hasn't been to a World Series since 2009. It's like, it's okay. And this is going to sound like I'm taking shots. It is not, that's not what this is meant to be. It's okay if you're the Cleveland Guardians or your Pittsburgh Pirates or the Texas Rangers. And I'm not trying to take shots at these teams. That's not what this is about. But this isn't my New York Yankees. The Mets are the new Yankees. And the Yankees are the new Mets. And it's disgusting i hate them <laughs> what, a, what a rant but don't you see here let me just push back a little bit devil's damn a check for you isn't it kind of nice to not sit in the seat i mean it's december now we're, we're firmly into the off season and everything else isn't it kind of nice to have a, a vibe of relative to the big spending teams, Philly and the Metropolitans are doing it. And everybody, the Cardinals throw the loot around. Texas Rangers, for goodness sakes, won the DeGrom sweepstakes. Isn't it kind of nice to feel like a plucky underdog? Not compared to the Pirates or Guardians, but relative to the front runners that uh, that you inhabit the standings with. Right. Um, you, you see what I'm saying, right? No. Short answer is no. Long answer is if you're going to be the plucky underdog, don't get your ass handed to you on a silver platter by like your not biggest rival because that's the Red Sox. But you want to be the plucky underdog and lose in seven or like a hard fought six games to the Astros. OK, maybe it leaves a better taste in fans mouths. But to get like embarrassed the way that they did by the Astros and have this idiot manager and this moron general manager, it's, it's beyond the pale, honestly. And people may be like, oh, well, typical Yankee fan. Why? Okay, fine. Guess what? 
you're not a Yankee fan and you wish you were because it's our birthright to be in the World Series every year, not yours. And right now, this ownership and this manager and this general manager, they're screwing with me and my birthright to win. My birthright. I love it. I, I I admire the expectations. I just think you back yourself into a corner as a fan. Well, I don't have I this have with my long- other teams. I was like, oh, well, like Yankee fan, you must like the Cowboys or Duke or the Lakers. I, I root for the Knicks and the New York Rangers and mm-hmm. the New York football Giants. Teams that have had success throughout my lifetime, but I, I'm not rooting for the Golden State Warriors here. I'm not rooting for the Colorado Avalanche. I'm not rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, I like my New York teams. It just so happens that as a Yankee fan, we are special. Like, we are born differently. Uh, listen, uh, I agree with it. I am also issuing my, this week, I am issuing my updated, expanded, top 100 best position groups by franchise um, in the four uh, major North American sports, and the Yankees are featured prominently there. I understand your expectations. I just don't, I wouldn't like to be a guy who, you know, I'm a Steelers fan to compare dynasties with salary caps and everything. It's just based on the merit of the brain trust and the play and what they do on the field. Yours is kind of like who spends the most. This is a nice position. Let other teams outspend you, and then you hopefully steal, no, still be. No, we're okay. the Yankees. Okay. Okay. I we're get the where Yankees. you're coming from. You're right. Like, we're going to get City, outspent by the Mets. By the no, Mets. You're right. Amen. We're, you're right. We're the New York. Yeah. Like in, in Breaking Bad, when Heisenberg has that epic scene where he says, say my name, you're goddamn right to Declan. Does he say you're T-ball and we're the Philadelphia Phillies? Does he you're say right. we're the New York Mets? He says we're the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees. If and Eddie Spaghetti ever waffles, if Eddie Spaghetti ever waffles like Darth Vader, I'm going to put him in touch with Costos, who clearly is the emperor, who's just all in on the Sith kind of angle, the dark, the dark side of the force. It's it, it's just about uh, might is right at the end of the day. All right. By the way, can I throw in one more thing? Can I, can I throw in one more just on that? Please. I like to be a nice guy in my everyday life. It's mm-hmm. fun to be a piece of in this particular regard. If I have to be a nice guy in my everyday. What about the, yeah, I, I just experienced it four minutes ago when you attacked my appearance. Is I it real, is my shirt? Uh, is it, is it that it's too wrinkly for you? You're a fancy man deep down. I think I, I, that's, that's deep, deep down. Oh no, that's yeah. not deep down. That is, yes, I am a very fancy man. 100%. You, yeah, you learned uh, like, uh, yeah, you're like one of those mobsters, you know, talking about how, how you like how pretty the, the guys on the street corner that, were. That's that, not that, inaccurate. That, it's not inaccurate. No, I, it's that's not right. inaccurate. I, get it. I love it. Um, by the way, we don't have to talk about it right now. I don't want to upset Eddie Spaghetti, but the rags might not make the playoffs. Eddie Spaghetti they're, was talking about the Penguins not making the playoffs. They're terrible. They're brutal, yeah. man. No fun. Not good. Not good. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about uh, pro football. It's uh, it's our collective passion here on the show, of course. I know you join us here in a juicy slate of games here. Regionally speaking, rivalry-based. I know you love your history as much as I do. How about you get Vegas at Los Angeles? That's a fun one. Um, road team laying six. Uh, the Lone Star Bowl. Houston and Dallas. The Cowboys laying 17. Is that that's the biggest number in uh, off the top of my head? I can't think of the last time I saw a pro football team laying that many. How say you? I think the Rams played the Texans last year, and 
I think the spread may have been like 18 or 19 in one of them, but like normally 17 is the high end of what you're going to get. Um, I think the only way the Texans win this game is if Dave Campos coaching the Cowboys and Kirsten and Quincy Carter's the quarterback and, uh, and, and, and Derek's brother, David is, is quarterback in the Texans. I always think about the Texans franchise opener that Sunday night against Dallas and the Texans won the game, obviously. Right. And for me, the image, the indelible image from that game is Quincy Carter throwing a pass that was so bad that Dave Campo caught it out of bounds and Campo catches the ball and he's just <laughs> looking at Quincy Carter as if to be like, is this real? Like we're about to lose to Houston and like Jerry Jones is going to blow his top here. So that's always what I think about. When I think of the Cowboys Texans rivalry. Um, if anything, I think the number is short. I don't know what you'd have to give me to bet Houston in this game. Like my, mm. my actual decision is, do I want to lay it with Dallas or not? Um, we have seen, and I've been watching, you've been watching, you're a little older than me. I've been watching football on an obsessive basis since 1990. The first year that I watched football, 90, Giants win the Super Bowl. In the regular season finale, they beat the New England Patriots, coached by Rod Russ. That team went 1-15. and Over the course of the 30-plus years that I've been watching, I have seen teams go 2-14. and I've seen 1-15. and I have seen a couple 0-16s. This Houston team has a win. This Houston team has a tie. I would posit that I think there's a chance that come season's end, we are talking about the 2020. 22 Houston Texans is one of the worst teams in the last 30 years, like one of like the very worst teams. Um, so for me, if anything, that number's short with Dallas and Houston, and I would only bet well, the Cowboys. Well, one thing I've been tracking for the last couple few years is that these giant numbers don't pay off in the NFL, but very lately there, there's been a very recent, as in the last two weeks or so, a push by these very heavy double digit favorites in the NFL of actually covering these numbers. I'm with you. I think I, I'm going to take the Cowboys in that one. It probably is a stay away. 17 points in an NFL game. Disgraceful. Well, it just go Let's, wrong. Like Miami's up 30 to nothing on, on, on the Texans at minus 14 final score. 30 to 15 because Miami takes the foot off the accelerator. So like you never right. know what can happen. I'm just like, I'm not saying the Cowboys are a lock. I'm probably not even going to bet it. Just that if I had to bet it, I would never bet Houston ever. Well, they also, right. That one, they also took their foot off the gas and came up a point short of uh, the total of 46 there. Um, I, my favorite rivalry as it is, is the one that goes on over in the bum state of Ohio, both in their orange hats, the history. I know you know it, Costos, but indulge me. I'm required to tell it every time these two teams hook up that there's a football team that is run by, coached by, and otherwise, Paul Brown. How thoroughly is he the man of that team? The team is called the Browns, not because of the color, but because of the man, the Browns. Art Modell buys this football team. One of his first deeds is to show Paul Brown the door. He says, you can't fire me from the team that is named after me. He said, well, I just did, friend. Paul Brown doesn't like it. So he moves down south. And to, then, and to, then uh, you know what they said? And then they said, hey, Art Modell, you can't move the Browns to Baltimore. And Art Modell was like, the hell I can. And I'm going to. Very charitable man. Otherwise, though, from a career standpoint, is is there a uh, a worse guy for what he did from a football standpoint? He was, a, as I say, a uh, a giving soul, apparently, in the city of Cleveland and in Baltimore. But so Paul Brown goes down to Cincinnati and his first thing is to start up the bungles. And he says, give me the uniforms as close as you can get them to the Browns to stick it to them. Then he hires a, a bright young mind named Bill Walsh who is his underling, the offensive coordinator. Teams start calling, who is this uh, Who is this guy? He seems like a genius. Paul Brown doesn't tell Bill Walsh that other NFL teams are calling after him. He just doesn't tell him because he doesn't want to lose Paul Bill Walsh to the staff. 
And Bill Walsh finally learns about it and he thumbs his nose and then vanquishes um, Paul Brown, Cincinnati Bungles twice. in the Super Bowl. It's a, it's a whole twice. Shakespearean great thing. It's it's the best. Yeah, twice. It's 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 just the best. So and what would have been last year also, but not with Bill Walsh if the Niners had made it. But yes. The the so that's your backdrop for this very dumb, embarrassing rivalry that has achieved very little in in the Super Bowl era between themselves. Browns, Bungles. The home team laying six here. A lot of people getting excited about these Cincy Bungles on the way Joe Burrow is playing, rightly so. Total 47 there. I'll say this to as a little uh, kernel of something for you to look into. You and Lockie Lockerson there on You Better You Bet. I say, and it just paid off again, Saints did it and um, the Bungles just did it to the Chiefs. These mini-era head-to-head matchups. Do not turn your nose up at what is what is empirically true. The Browns beat the Bungles a lot. That I, the Bengals have the Chiefs number. The Saints, you know, they they uh, lose by a point there, but they still cover. So, how say you on this one? I say take the Browns on the road plus six here with Deshaun say, Watson. Great story I, going on up there, by oh, the way. Oh, well, nice? I mean, and that's what's great about this game is, like, there are two quarterbacks playing in the game, and I'm going to bet on the one that everyone loves, that is, like, great in the community, and, like, mm. everyone loves to root for, and, of course, that's going to be Deshaun Watson. You say that you want to take the Browns plus six. I say, great. Also, I'll take the Browns to win the game. Well, yeah. The game, really? Take, I think Cleveland's going to win. Um, But, yeah, you can mm-hmm. take the points. I actually wouldn't bet it now. I think this number goes up potentially. Like there are some six and a halfs on the board right now. I make the game about four. So like Cincinnati should be favored. They should be favored by more than three. But once we get to six, just like no, absolute, absolutely, absolutely no way. No way. And I bet the Browns on Sunday against the Texans. And it would have been very bad for me if the Browns had not won the game. And like the and I thought that they might lose, if not for the special teams and the defense. Deshaun was brutal. I think the strong likelihood, and he could be bad again. He could be Russell Wilson now. Who knows? Just that I think it's very likely that he plays better in this next game because he can't play worse. Agree. Agree. So he's he's going to play better. The point spread has reached a level where I will 100% bet the other side. And you have the recent Browns owning the Bengals stuff, which, by the way, coincides with the two head coaches. Stefanski owns Zach Taylor. And that's how this is all played out. And you're going to give me six points. So like, I'll take the six and I'm going to wait, see if I can get a six and a half with Cleveland. And I'm going to take the Browns to win the game outright. So I wonder how many dummies, wonder how many dummies like Lee, like me will be pointing out and people jump on like, Hey, by the way, have you seen what the Browns have been doing to the Bengals over the last couple of years? Yeah, but the Bengals just beat the Chiefs. Bengals just beat the Chiefs. And that's, I agree. I think recency bias. I think I'm inclined to go with you. I think that number has a chance to actually go up because well, it's like you um, watch like these stupid shows that like that that just like are all empty calorie sports talk it's like are the Bengals the favorite in the afc well it's like if they were like the bills and chiefs would get bet immediately so no of course they're not but also like now lamar's hurt tyler huntley enter him right he's coming in and now it's like well the Bengals are going to win the, and it's just like if this groundswell is building i i think the the, both the Browns and the Steelers are both like kind of like more interesting as a talking point right now than the Bengals and the Bengals are going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying otherwise, but like, yeah, I, I love the Browns on Sunday. Not that it's going to win, just that it's like a bet that I put in and it's like, you can't ask for more from a bet when you place it than you will get in this game. And maybe you lose, but it's a great bet. 
All right, if you like talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers so much, let's do it now. The rivalry of the 21st century in pro football, the bald birdies on their way down to the Steelers. This is a weird one that if you fell into a coma on August 1st and just woke up now, the attempt to catch you up on what you missed on the Ravens and Steelers in this division in general would be too much to do. We wouldn't have the time to do it. The Steelers now laying three. That shouldn't be a shocker. But then you have to explain how we got here. Wait, the Steelers are five and seven and they're still giving three. How bad are the Ravens? And no, no, Lamar Jackson is hurt and he really should have head out, held out as I counseled him repeatedly on social media and otherwise. The Ravens were, you know what? They're going to end up looking good for not having paid him. At best, they're going to tag him. I I guess we don't need to indulge that melodrama. I just think that, man, I feel bad for Lamar Jackson on some level because I don't know that he's going to get tagged. Okay, go ahead and weigh in on that real quick. As a matter of fact, I was going to say, I said we weren't going to talk about that. But do you think that the Ravens now tag? Lamar, two injuries, two straight years, running QB, offense ain't exactly humming here. How say you? Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, Lamar was going to wipe his tears with $100 bills regardless, so I don't really feel bad for him. $50 million? The Ravens are going to pay him $50 million? No, I mean, uh, uh, but like. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, like, I I think probably they won't. Uh, Maybe they tag him. I'll just say this, like. Uh, I'm like a little like less interested in stuff just because like there's so much has to be figured out before we know that for sure. I can give a guess to me. What's more interesting is like, they are, they are unwatchable. It is a, it is a really poorly put together offense. Like, I don't know. Like I understand like the, like the concept of zigging while others zag to a degree, like we're going to do this differently. Mm -hmm. We think we have an advantage basically because we have Lamar Jackson, the offense is, I, I only told Eddie I would only curse a couple times here. Eddie, this is going to be one of them. The offense is a f- abomination. And I don't know how, like, in, in 2022, how, like, you expect to win. And I understand that Bateman got hurt. Also, putting all your eggs in the Rashad Bateman basket is ridiculous. That you can win with your wide receivers are Devin Duvernay, Demarcus Robinson, James Prochet, and Deshaun Jackson off the scrap heap. And like Mark Andrews is great. Cool. And like Isaiah Likely is going to be pretty good. Cool. Also, like you can just never, ever win. You can never win. You will never, ever win a championship ever. And you can win 12 regular season games. And that's great. When you get to January, you're not going to beat Buffalo. You're not going to beat Kansas City. You're not going to beat Cincinnati. It's not going to happen. So that's kind of like my bird's eye. You would to, to pull the to pull the inside straight, right? You have to get the number one seed, and so everything runs through. So you only play two games, both in Baltimore. You got to get favorable matchups, and you've got to be able to beat up the guys across. They did from it, you. by the way, in 2019. That's they right. got the favorable matchup, and the Titans went in there and beat the shit out of them. Yep, Jeffrey Simmons and Jarrell Casey, and that was the end of that story. That's exactly right. If uh, that, and they kind of showed the blueprint. We wondered after that game, we speculated as many did, will this be the blueprint that teams use to try and stop them? You can't. It's not a snap of the fingers. You need dominant inside um, defensive players. But you know, as they head to Pittsburgh, Cam Hayward happens to be one of those guys. How say you on this ball game? The Steelers at five and seven. I'm not delusional. I don't can think the talk Steelers about, are going. Can we talk about your team? Can we talk about them I, for a second? That's what, I'm, that's what we're here it's, to do, okay. friend. As, right. as, it, as it happens, this is the perfect forum for you to talk about sports. It's uh, I love that. I, I mean that sincerely. And there's so much 
in sports talk. I like to talk about games. Like, let's talk about sports. That's that's okay. To me. Okay. Um, and I love that. And I'm being no, I'm being sincere. Like, and that's what we I do know. on the show, and I have a lot of fun. You did you think I was being sarcastic? Because I feel like I didn't think you were being sarcastic. Eddie, he gave me like a like okay, okay. I guy. did not. I love, yes, who loves talking about the games more than Dave. You you uh, found the you found your home, friend. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, is it is it within the realm of possibility? Uh, spoiler alert: I think the answer is yes. That the Steelers can make the playoffs in the AFC. Oh my God! I don't want to have this conversation, man. I don't. I, I don't want to get into this stuff. I'm but, not ready like, for this emotionally. But, but but it's it's definitely it's possible. Look at this. They might get Tyler Huntley twice. I like down you the stretch. keeping your voice down a little bit because we don't want to upset the sports gods. Poke them awake. Let them. Let them. Let them lie I, there. Let let. The I'll rest say this the- as well. The Browns aren't dead for the playoffs either, depending on how the rest of their season goes. Like the Jets losing to the Vikings yes. brings all of these outcomes potentially into focus where you have got for that final playoff seed, like the Raiders aren't dead and the Raiders play the Steelers like a little like a, what, a couple of weeks. Right. We have that game mm-hmm. coming up in December. Immaculate reception I, reunion game. Right. There is a there is a chance that like all of the like one of these teams is going to be alive, like going into the final week of the season. I think it might be the Steelers. You know, I love Kenny Pickett. I'm a, as the kids would say, I'm a Kenny Pickett stan. I love me some Kenny Pickett. Um, so as far as the point spread goes for this game, the Steelers definitely need to be favored if Tyler Huntley is going to be the quarterback. Well, I he think clearly that, is, right? Yes. I think that and the market's telling you that also at this number. It's only Baltimore for me, just because like I would want to capture the three. Um, if it ever goes up, I will bet the Ravens. I do think that the Steelers are better and that they should be favored. So I'm not giving you like a strong betting take, other than it's 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 definitely not Pittsburgh at this number. And I think it's only Baltimore. My question is, do I want to play the Ravens? But with that being said, like Pittsburgh's better, and the Steelers deserve to be three point favorites in this game. Let me say this to you. I I, I used to quip that the um that every game the Steelers and Ravens ever played against one another the final score was always 13 to 10 it just was a matter of which one came out on top they updated it for inflation purposes in the 21st century in the QB league and i have since amended it to every final score is 20 to 17 look at that sure. number lands right at 37 is is the best and i think it's spot on um yeah, you know, I, I keep saying it about Kenny Pickett. It's just hard to evaluate in 2022 because every guy you look at or most of the guys who are the high picks and the guys who are thriving and are the difference makers. You know, we talk about the QB league and and all of that. They're, you know, the Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, the ball pops out of their hand in a weird, almost uh, CGI kind of level way. Yeah, but Kenny's So when a you winner. look at Kenny Pickett, he's not Kenny's that. a winner. Kenny's a winner. I know, but we're trying to you know define that by looking at him. Like oh we, my everybody's God. come around to like, he feels like he's going to win games, right? I've, I, I don't think I've said this to you yet. I, I've said it on like other, on my show and on, and on other platforms that I've been on. I don't think you and I have, I'm curious how you're going to react to this. I mean this in the most complimentary way possible, what I'm going to say. So 2004, my senior year of college, I covered the Giants for WFUV, the radio station at Fordham. I went to almost, and I went to a couple road games also, Eli's rookie year. Kenny Pickett reminds me of young Eli Manning. Like Hmm. he is a, to me, Kenny Pickett is young Eli Manning where I don't know that he's ever going to lead the league in touchdowns. Maybe he's going to throw too many interceptions, 
But I have this feeling when like Kenny Pickett has the ball in his hands that like the Steelers are going to win. Like he's going to he's going to make the play when it matters that he's clutching like the same way Eli's clutch. I'm not saying that I'm going to be right about that. I'm like, that's what that's the vibe I get when I watch rookie Kenny Pickett, like watching him against the Dolphins on that Sunday night game. Even the interception that he threw, I was like, this is Eli. This is what Eli would have done in this spot as a rookie. Mm. So I, I I I love Kenny Pickett. So I it's see a flattering Eli. comp. And then, you know, people are, you know, Mike Tannenbaum's comp is Matt Schaub. And I think he means that as a compliment. I'm not uh, I'm not hey, sure Schaub about went that. To a couple pro, went to a couple Pro Bowls, right? Yeah. I mean, and I've said and people are underwhelmed by it is he's got a lot of the traits of Danny Dimes. He also has a lot of the traits of Joe Burrow. And there's a lot he's of room in between. for. Dan- he's definitely better than Daniel Jones. I'm just saying that the traits are similar and I'm also acknowledging there's a lot of room in between dimes and burrow and sure. what we're getting at then are the intangibles that you and me can't sit here and really divine. And I don't care who you are with the X's and O's. You can't fully figure out whether this uh, 39 year young rookie um, can step to the line of scrimmage on the level of, you know, I know I Tom Brady is the high end um, can step to the line of scrimmage pre-snap and decide I'm going there. Cause there's the weak link there. That's yep. that, you know, that the, the, the mortal th- quarterbacks who have succeeded breeze, Peyton Brady are not the high end physical trait guys. They're the guys that can do what I just said, the intellect, the spirit and all of that. I kind of think you're right about Kenny Pickett, but I don't want to talk too much playoffs just yet. I will say that when I offered it up repeatedly, I hope you listened to me, everybody. When I said the Steelers are going to go over five and a half season wins, people scoffed. I hope you got that at plus 100. It was the easiest money. I think they're probably going to win another game before the season is out here. Definitely. And let's, I'm going to lay off making my pick here. You heard Costos's pick there, but, but by the way, to your point, that jets game against Zach Wilson, if they if they stop that one there, and if the Jets are six and six, by the way, the 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 other one is yeah, two. but yeah, but the it's, Jets are going to get creamed by the Bills on Sunday. The Jets are going to get killed. Right. But I'm saying if the Steelers have that one, they're six and six now. That's sure. the, if this if you so then they're yeah. Really, but you could really also is, say like, what if what if the Browns didn't blow the game against the Jets? Then they're like they're in the catbird seat kind of right now. With true. Combat. True. True. Um, I th- I do think it's very funny that uh, Stefanski had to actually answer a question like, you're going to stick with Deshaun after that game? <laughs> with, with love. And they're so, like, yeah, so, yeah so, we're so, going to so, go okay. back to Brissette now. I, they, yeah, I don't we know. Only, we, 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 like- we only traded 9 million picks and gave this guy $500 million in the PR disaster of a lifetime here. Yeah, we're going to go back to Jacoby. Yeah, okay. The best. But by the way, if the birdies had dropped that one to the Broncos and we're now seven and five, Coming into Pittsburgh right now. Oh, they but as suck. it is, they, I, uh, how about this? As currently constituted at this moment right now, the Ravens are the worst team in the division. <laughs> well, that's pretty well. I mean, I guess I can make excuses for him. I'm not inclined to do it at this point, but you know, but forget about the superstar if QB, Lamar's Ronnie Stanley. Out, if Lamar is out, they are the worst team in the division. The other three teams are better. I think the Raven and like they, they're a regular season machine and like the schedule's easy ish down the stretch to a degree. Like they are always going to win regular season games with this current construction. They will never win. 
They will never win big when it matters. And I think you right now I they're agree. the worst team. They would be an underdog against any of the other three teams on a neutral field right now. The Steelers are three-point favorite. Like, the intimation there is that Pittsburgh is better than Baltimore right now on a neutral field with Tyler Huntley starting. The Browns should be favored against the Ravens if Huntley starts, and the Bengals definitely would be. They are the worst team right now in this division. Here, thought experiment quickly for you. Spoiler alert, how you root won't impact the game's result. Nevertheless, um, should Ravens fans right now be rooting for the success of Ty Huntley? Because it really will. If he, if they don't skip a beat and shame the devil, get better throwing the ball around a little bit. And there were indications there were, uh, there were in, I'm not saying that Huntley is as good as Lamar Jackson overall. The receivers aren't good. Like no, I agree. No one's having success in that offense, throwing the ball. The receivers are terrible. I don't think it's anything to do with the quarterbacks. Well, I, I, you know, I, I kind of agree with you. And that's, you know, Bateman, it, the, you're right that they put all their eggs in the Bateman basket is wrong when like they knew doing that. Imagine four doing years that. ago, four years ago, when they decided we're going all in on Lamar Jackson, they understood no, no big ticket free agent was ever going to purposely sign the play in that offense pass catcher. I mean. Um, so they would have to draft well. It's weird that they haven't loaded up more in the draft. Do you know what they, trade was a disaster? Was a is a disaster. Is the Hollywood Brown trade? Like, great, you got a first round pick. You took an offensive lineman. Also, like, imagine if he's on this team right now. Like, what a difference that would be. Like, what a difference he, that trade is a disaster right now for the Ravens. I agree, but he's the canary in the coal mine by asking for it. And he liked Lamar Jackson. The fact that he was willing to leave Baltimore in that situation should have signaled to everybody, man, if Hollywood Brown doesn't want to stick around there, who's ever going to go there to catch passes? No one's ever going to choose to do that. It's a last stop destination if you're a free agent uh, wide receiver. Yes, I agree with you. But, um, but, but to answer your question, should Ravens fans be rooting for Tyler Huntley? Like just for like whatever it does for Lamar? Yes, right. because then you go to the playoffs and Lamar will be back and you get to find out if he can can win in January. And that's what that's what matters. So, yes, definitely. Because it's not like Lamar comes back and John Harbaugh is going to be like, well, we're, we're sticking with Tyler. No chance. No, I don't think they would do that, but it, it but it could expose, you know, the the um addition Good. by subtraction Should and all you of want that, that kind though? of stuff. Don't you wanna know? Like, don't you wanna know what the deal's gonna be if you're gonna give this guy that much money? That's why the Ravens, that's why the Ravens have continually kicked the can down the road with Lamar Jackson, which is why he should have said, guess what? On the eve of the season, like Andrew Luck did three or four years ago, should have just said, Hey, Ravens, you know what? As it turns out, I can't come play for you without a extension um that covers me for the next five years, it, somewhere in the neighborhood of what Deshaun Watson just got. That's what he should have done. And people said that would never work. Yeah, it would work. There's no way the Ravens would have taken the field uh without Lamar Jackson. They, he would have had them over the barrel, but anyway, what's done is done. Um, I want to get to one more game, but to complete Dolphins and Chargers, the greatest um, or in the top three greatest postseason games of all time, the 1981 divisional round game, the um, the Chargers, it's down there. Um, it's a juicy matchup there. I'm going to stay in by two and company. It's not a small matter that their two tackles were out against the defense dominant Niners. I am yep. not shaken at all by that result. I am not spooked. I'm staying with the Dolphins to the Super Bowl pick there. 
Bucks and Niners is a fun one because, or or it should have been a fun one because it was supposed to be Brady versus Jimmy G. Instead, it's Brady v versus Jimmy Garber, Brock Purdy, and Purdy's Niners are laying four to the GOAT. How crazy is that? And the total is 37 in a game featuring the GOAT. I love that game too. Carolina and Seattle is the 05 NFC title game. Redo um, Seattle laying three and a half there. That's a weird number there given how good the Seahawks have been largely. But I want to talk about your game. You mentioned your chief rival is the Red Sox. The Giants, It fe- I, I, I always marvel at this, and you're the one who told it to me, among the people who told it to me, that it's not the Cowboys. It's not Washington or anyone. It's the Philadelphia Eagles that are your chief rival, and especially this year with the Eagles well, being me, the dominant right? Because when I was, I guess like when I was a kid, the Cowboys were beating the stuffing out of us. But like, as I got older, it was the Eagles, and the Eagles were always the team that bothered me kind of the most. It wasn't the Cowboys. I like that you are, you know, you're not the, you're the bad cop. You're the bad New York. You're the bad NYPD. You should even get that. You know what? I want you to do that. Costos. You like to wear hats. Lockie Lockerson gets one cop and he's, he's the, he's the good cop, but you're the bad cop breaking the news to New York sports fans. You, you, you give the unvarnished truth. The New York giants, are they doomed by that tie? What do you think? They're they're uh, catching seven at home from the visiting Eagles. How say you? Oh, well, there are two, two different questions. Are they doomed by the tie? No, I actually think the tie was good because they hmm. lost to Seattle and Seattle seven and five and the Giants are seven, four and one. So it, tied, I, I, right. That possibility exists. Right. And also, like, it doesn't matter because if they beat Washington now in two weeks, like it really doesn't make a difference. Like, OK. Um, so look, would I, would you rather have won the game? Yes. Also the giants covered. And I always feel like if teams tie the team that covers the spread should get the one in the game. So for me, like the giants won since they covered plus two and a half, um, I digress. Okay. That um, seems as far fair. as this game, as far as this game goes, it'd be a good tiebreaker. At least the other yeah, cockamamie right. rules. Once you get past like head to head matchups and divisional records, they get cockamamie anyway. Like who scored more points may as well go off of the spread. I like that. Go ahead. Um, so if we are, let's just do like a little shorthand math here. Okay. Okay. Um, if the Cowboys played the Eagles right now on a neutral field, and we'll see where I'm going. If the Cowboys played the Eagles. I would have Dallas as like a one point favorite over Philadelphia. People, hmm, are gonna think You that, and me both. How about that? That's funny. So I think that Dallas, I, I have Dallas as the best team in the NFC right now. I you think Philly both. is Philly is extremely likely to be the one seed still. This is not like that's not what this conversation is. This conversation is which team is like would be favored. So the answer is Dallas. Dallas would be favored. So Dallas plays the Giants a couple of weeks ago on Thanksgiving, right? Short week, playing at home, prime time-ish game, even though it's not like technically in prime time. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys close in that game like a 10 or a 10 and a half point favorite. So let's say you want to assign Dallas like a point and a half for home field, let's say. Let's say that that's the case, right? Point and a half for home field. Um, that would take the number down to like Cowboys nine. And then maybe you want to give like maybe like another like half point maybe, right? For for like all the other circumstances, short week, Thanksgiving, whatever. So maybe like Dallas eight and a half is the true number in the game. Eight and a half for nine. So since what we've seen then, the Giants kind of get kind of blown out by Dallas, even though they cover the spread. And then they fail to beat Washington. I don't upgrade the Giants basically at all. The Eagles just beat the stuffing out of the Tennessee Titans, right? So now we we flip this to the Giants being at home. So if Dallas's true number against the Giants is like eight and a half or nine, and Dallas is like a point better than Philadelphia, then like Philly's number should be like seven and a half or eight. Now how much home field do you want to give the Giants? A point maybe for that 
Stadium, MetLife, which is a terrible stadium. I don't give the Giants a lot of home field. And I also upgrade the Eagles a little bit. This is basically a long-winded mathematical way of saying the Eagles need to be at least a seven-point favorite in this game, if not seven and a half. And right now, it's like a juiced seven towards the Giants. And it's it's basically 6.75. It's in between six and a half and seven. And like to me, that's wrong. Like it should be 7.25 in between seven, seven and a half, not in between six and a half and seven. So people may hear that and be, whoa, well, what's the difference? It's just a half point. It's a half point around the second most key number when, when you bet on football. So it does matter. It actually matters a lot, like for wins and losses in the long term. So Philly or nothing for me here, as much as I hate to say that as a Giants fan, you can never, never take six and a half. I mean, I would need to consider betting the Giants like eight and a half probably or like 10. So at these numbers, it's only Philly for me. And I think kind of like like the way point spreads are constructed kind of dictates that. And there's some subjectivity to this. People may hear that and be like, well, I disagree. I, I upgrade the Giants or I give more home field than you do. That's fine. It's all subjective. This is my opinion. I'm talking. I'm the guy talking right now, right? It's also a free country. So bet however the hell you want. <laughs> Uh, for me, I think Philly needs to be at least. <laughs> you don't need to rationalize and put all these stipulations in. That's fine. To me. You you just gave us some nice math there to justify your pick. Well, I'm just advance. saying because everyone's everyone's got a problem with everything. And right. I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying that I'm right because I could be wrong. I'm just saying that this is like what my opinion that I feel like is backed by decent evidence says is that Philadelphia minus six and a half or minus 6.75 is incorrect. That the number has to be at least seven in this game, if not seven and a half. So Philly or nothing. I agree. The only thing that spooks me is taking the 30,000 foot view of any team that's playing really well and that their season win total, the Eagles, is uh, is is 14 and a half now. And it's hard to argue with when you tick through the games. But Wait, so in bet, the here so and now, Giants. seven... Seven points in a game that's really important right, to, so, to so the Giants who've been halfway decent this year. It's a, so it's a bet lot. Them. Are they gonna are they gonna steamroll everybody they play? I mean, the are Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles the not Giants, gonna win? But the Giants suck, okay? And I love them. They're not good. <laughs> the Eagles are. I'm sorry. Man, I'm not okay. I, the reason why I offer these contingencies is because I think sports betting content is really bad when you have people that are like, well, I know what's gonna happen in the game. Hammer the like no one knows anything. No one right. knows. you you make bets based on like what you think probabilities are. So I'm never gonna be like, I'm right. I could be, you could be right. I'm just saying that like my bet is, and I think I am more likely to be right is that Philadelphia needs to be a bigger favorite. It doesn't mean I'm going to win. Just like, I love that. Like, great. So you bet so bet the Giants. Good luck. Go for it. I'd, at the halfway, as I always caution, life is, they always say, life is short. As it turns out, it also, in many regards, is long. So, too, is a pro football season. Everybody was in on the New York Giants. Take no offense, Giants fans, Eddie Spaghetti included. You know, I think Danny Dimes, this has been a nice story, Saquon and everything else. If they don't finish the season um, somewhere close to how they started the season, I really do think that the offseason is how do we move on from Danny Dimes? Because they're not going to tag him. So then what do you do really? Are you going to extend him for two years, get into those weird intermediate kind of contracts, which is what I, probably I, I want a new quarterback. 
I wouldn't be surprised, you know, and there are going to be some some brand names out there, including perhaps one Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? Now the speculation is Brady might move leave Tampa Bay. I doubt he would go to New York City, but I mean, that would be a funny thing, too, for him to make like Gretzky um, yeah, and I'm wear, sure that, wear you know blue and red. Sure, on like gets, gets Tom Brady really excited at night. The thought of throwing passes to Richie James and Kenny Galladay. I'm sure like Tom Brady's <laughs> like, man, can't wait to go play for the Giants. <laughs> I'm just telling you they're going to be now. Well, you don't have to get snarky with me. I'm just telling you. Give no, me, you said you want to move on from dives. I'm trying to offer you. Why would you want to throw passes to Mike Evans when you could throw passes to Isaiah Hodgins? Of course. All right, I love, I'm, I'm trying to help you. You, you I, I can't tell where your you emotions are right now. You, you can't help me. I'm, I'm unhelpable. <laughs> You're the tops, man. Listen, we, uh, you are indeed. Well, you know, you were already doing really well when we met you three or four years ago. You've continued to ascend, and I really do feel like the Costos rocket ship is now taking off with full force. Love to see it because you're one of the the nice guys in the industry, and we always are rooting for the guys who are are nice people to uh, to thrive professionally. So whether you think you're right or wrong or otherwise, we enjoy hearing your your logic and joining us here on the show anytime you got a free few minutes. And as always, I said, ah, 10, 15 minutes. That's all we're going to keep you. And we blew way past that as usual. What can you we do? Man, like I got I got to do here. Man. All right, then go. Go. That's the end of the conversation. Be gone. All right. All right. Uh, wishing you and all your great listeners, Shaq. Minimal sweats, winning bets. The absolute very best of luck. That's his last pitch there to try and get a Shecky Award in 2022. We'll see. That's up to you, voters. All right. Thanks, Costos. You're the best. And now a quick break. All right, Eddie Spaghetti. Great stuff, as always, for our guy Costos. Does that Was that enough to put him on the short list for a Shecky Award? It was a great, ball. great performance, but I think he's really missing something with the with the Yankees. And like I said earlier in the show, I think Aaron Judge is going to be a Yankee. The Yankees would have not tweeted out or actually let me start with this. The Yankees would have not given Brian Cashman an extension if they did not feel confident about Aaron Judge. To me, that makes zero sense. They tweeted it out. You could argue that why they have to tweet that. It probably could should have a press release. Fine. Then Aaron Judge was already in Tampa last night with Nestor Cortez, also a Yankee. And then we talked about it last week. Dodgers not really in the race for him. They're waiting for Otani. Giants lowballed him. It seems like this market Judge expected isn't really working for him. I think a lot of teams are just scared of thinking he's going to wind up back with the Yankees. I think getting mad over the, the, the Yankees keeping Cashman announcing it is just missing the larger point that this wouldn't have happened if they didn't feel like Judge was in the bag. So maybe you can call me conspiracy brain, but I feel pretty good about the Yankees' chances. Bottom line is we know we, maybe I should send Costos a NYPD hat because he is the bad cop. You don't like hearing his words, but he's but he's trying to tell you his un- unvarnished truth. Great stuff from Costos. Good stuff from you, Spaghetti, as well. And uh, lots to check out on the Extra Points Network as we get into a meaningful week as we head down the home stretch, like I say, of the calendar year. And in fact, the playoffs are nigh in college and pro football. All the news you got to hear on the World Cup from Covered in Glory and uh, Eddie Spaghetti on waiver wired extra points coming at you a couple times this week against all odds, lemon pepper parlay. And of course, you got the Megans making fun of sports. All is happening at the Extra Points Network. Go over there, extrapoints.com to check it all out. And we'll be back in just a couple of days with our guy, Kevin Hench. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>